Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports the Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, July 30th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm from Studio Feline. I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm Lamar Wilson. Well, look at that. He's a man of the world, ladies and gentlemen, Lamar Wilson. Also a man of the world is Roger Chang. Hello, I am also a man of this Why world. Why did I say where I was from? Because the line just says I'm Lamar Wilson, so I just followed it. Well, I, you do I, what you're told. Sure. <laughs> exactly. I, I thought you would want to embellish it like saying like you're from, I, from I'm in Los Angeles as well there you go <laughs> uh, well we got some good stuff to talk about we're going to fix the internet on today's show about time somebody did right yes. right yes alright let's start with a few tech things you should know though YouTube announced support for vertical videos on the desktop, something that the mobile version of YouTube already has supported. So it plays a vertical video in its natural aspect ratio without putting it in landscape in that box with the black bars along the sides. So some users have complained the video actually kind of loses quality or gets cut off by the new feature. Mm. A joint venture of SoftBank and Yahoo Japan called PayPay is partnering with India's Paytem, uh, to launch a payment system in Japan by November. Now, the QR code-based uh, platform will be called PayPay and integrated with Yahoo Japan smartphone apps. The new DJI Mavic 2 quadcopters are shown in the latest Argos catalog in the UK, though DJI itself has not officially announced them. Uh, the catalog advertisement shows Zoom and Pro variations of the foldable unmanned aerial vehicle. Both editions have 360-degree collision detection, advanced pilot assistance systems, and ActiveTrack 2.0 with battery life of 31 minutes, according to the ad. The Pro lists a 1-inch CMOS Hasselblad camera, and the cheaper Zoom shows a 2x zoom lens all right I have, I, yeah i have the first one it's still in a box i'm terrible uh yeah it's really hard to fly <laughs> it that way uh <laughs> i need to work on that not a drone expert but yeah <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit more about a, a milestone on the road to blockchain 
Yeah. So the Commonwealth Bank of Australia announced that it has successfully tracked a batch of 17,000 kilograms of almonds from Australia to Germany using a private blockchain built on an Ethereum network. The bank's partners w- could check in on the platform. Oh, excuse me. Let me read that again. The bank's uh, partners could check in on the location, temperature, humidity, and other metrics of the shipment whenever they want it in real time. So this is kind of nuts. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I, I, that's all I had. There. Oh, because almonds. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I, so I'm, I'm a little ignorant on this, so I don't want to sit here and act like I know what I'm talking about when I, when I don't. I don't really understand the blockchain thing i i think it's interesting my first thought in reading this was like oh couldn't they just have tracked this in any normal way why is it special yeah, they're no, using the, the, the idea is is having all of this verified simply right like yes you can absolutely mm-hmm. like log all this and input it uh etc but using the ledger system means that you you're you've got some verification that this is actually happening and- hi this is janice torres from yo quiero dinero If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers... Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And only happening with the shipment that you're talking about, uh, it's, it's harder to fake. Uh, so using using the blockchain to track supply chain shipments is is one of the big holy grails of blockchain development because of that uh, because yeah you know you can't have somebody slip somebody a twenty to to fudge the paperwork when you've you've got this community validated blockchain going on and then then stuff like checking in on temperature and and whatnot is just an added feature that you can add to the data as it moves from place to place. Yeah, I mean, going from Australia to Germany, yes, this is the shipment of almonds, but it could be a lot of different things. That's a long distance. You know, normally, it would be, where is this package? Hopefully, you can track it. But having all these other metrics, uh, temperature and humidity and all sorts of stuff that 
contributes to fresh food, as we were talking about in our yes. show today. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and 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 an example of the blockchain that doesn't involve cryptocurrency, even though it's on the Ethereum platform, uh, it's another use of it. Spanish taxi drivers. Tell us about those, Sarah. Well, Spanish taxi drivers in Spain uh, have been holding, holding protests across the country against ride-hailing services like Uber. Kind of came to a head two-day Monday. Cabs blocked access to major streets, including the Gran Via in Barcelona and Madrid's Catalana. Catalana? Did they do the Y or the L? Catalana, maybe. Catalana. As well as airports and train stations. It was a big protest. If you've seen any of the photos, uh, pretty major. The union is meeting with the government to attempt to resolve issues. A Spanish law limits ride-hailing licenses to one for every 30 taxi licenses. But cab drivers say... This law is not being respected. There are way too many ride-hailing services on the road, say the cab drivers. So, you know, union issue. I, I guess my first, and I don't know if everybody saw uh, the photos, but my, my first reaction was, imagine if this happened in L.A. Just imagine. Well, yeah, and we've seen these protests in Paris. We've seen them in London. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen some in the United States uh, in, in places. That Vegas, I think Vegas had, had, had a similar situation, no, not as did. extensive, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. But it, they've had it multiple times in Spain now. It feels like this is the kind of thing that's becoming rarer. Uh, in London, for instance, the, the cabbies were were fairly settled. They, they'd mollified them until they reissued the license to Uber. Now they're starting to get upset again. So we might, might see something happen there. Uh, but it does show that not all is well on the front of ride-hailing versus traditional cab service. Yeah, so I, I have a kind of a strong opinion on, on, on this, I guess, or maybe it's mm-hmm. controversial. Uh, you know, when, you, when I saw this happening uh, in different cities here, and especially like in New York is a really good example. That's mm-hmm. taxi heaven. Um, the, the push of Uber was a threat on their business and their comfort of, you know, rude, rudeness to cut. Co- they took customers for granted. Right. This company comes in and, you know, then they protest because now they're shaking up the industry. So I, I, I am against protesting for that reason, because your job is being threatened if you weren't doing a good job. How, however, what has come of that is that now the, the cabs there have their own app. They, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to compete with, with Uber. They they tend to have been more friendly. They now all have credit card readers that work instead of you getting in there and they're demanding cash for you. So, like, th- there's been a positive outcome. And I wonder, is, is do people think this is a good thing? I understand the loss, you know, of jobs or if Uber is not following the law, if it's not supposed to, you know, if it's doing more drivers than the 30, one in every 30. I get that part. But I, I wonder, is, is this a good shakeup of an industry that, Needed to treat customers better in the first place. Well, and it depends on the area. In London, uh, cab service was very good. Not that there weren't improvements that can and have been mm-hmm. made. Uh, I, I, I've taken a cab in Spain from the airport to Barcelona uh, and back, for, to the Gran Via, basically, and back. And, and it was fine. But I, I, can't, I don't have enough experience with it to know if that's one that needed it. I'll tell you what, San Francisco absolutely needed it because there were too few medallions. You could not get a cab in certain parts of the city. Uh, mm. And there was no movement to loosen it up uh, until Uber and Lyft came along. So, yeah, it just kind of depends on the region. Tech in Asia has a profile of a coffee shop in Shanghai called Ratio, where customers scan a barcode at the entrance. You don't talk to a person. You place your order on a kiosk, pay by mobile, and ordering allows the customers to customize the ratios of coffee, water, milk, etc. Hence the name of the company of the cafe, Ratio. Then what makes it really interesting is a robotic arm makes the coffee. So you don't talk to someone to order. 
and a person isn't making your coffee. The robot's making the coffee, does all the grinding, all the mixing of the heating of the milk, whatever needs to be done, places it on a counter where a human waiter picks it up and delivers it to the customer. The part you think wouldn't even be needed. Uh, the <laughs> robot also makes cocktails, if you're into that. The chain was founded by Gavin Pathros, who led the digital transformation of Yum China. They're the folks who do KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and others. There's also a food court at Alibaba's Hema supermarket, which uses robots as waiters and chefs for many dishes. I thought it was interesting that this is an example of a cafe where they're like, yeah, we can replace everything with humans, so we'll still employ humans because that raises our level of service above other cafes because then you can talk to them at leisure. Uh, they, they can do better service to bring you your coffee. You don't have to fight people for it at the counter, et cetera. Yeah, it's, it's like it's that last mile, right? And, yeah. and you know, the, 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 the whole service, you know, is automated, which I guess it can be. But, yeah, that, that last human touch that we desperately want to hold on to. I, I, and so I, I think that's why they do that. Well, I, you know, I, I think a lot of folks are like ratio of coffee, water, milk. I don't know, myself included. But I do know that I like to do it myself. So if I could figure out how the robot could get it precisely the same way every time rather than what a barista might think is best for me because I'm the only one who knows that, uh, that then yeah. And, and to be able to, I mean, quite frankly, probably churn through more folks because, uh, because the humans can do, can do all the other stuff at the same time. It's really cool. I, uh, I'd like to have one of these coffees to, to see how I actually feel about it. But yeah, I mean, if you like regular old, you know, not fancy coffee, one of these robots seems a little, uh, you know, over the top, but as people, tend to, I don't know, respect the art of coffee more or certainly coffee snobs. There's there's more and more of uh, of those kinds of places cropping up. It seems like it would be uh, good for the assembly line overall. Yeah, somebody who's picky knows and, and wants it done exactly a certain way can get it that way and also skip mm-hmm. the lines. I mean, Starbucks already does this in the U.S. Starbucks is the 51% of the market share in China. That's what ratio is going after. They want to take a piece of that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that kind of automation, in fact, Starbucks struck a deal today, I think it was with Alibaba, to provide delivery services because uh, delivery of coffee is a, is a big deal in China right now as well. But anything that makes you not have to stand in line for five minutes or more to just order your coffee, you can do it on the app and then not have to stand in line for five more minutes or more to wait for the coffee to be done. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Me too. EA's Origin Access Premier is now live. The new PC game subscription service announced in a investor call last week will cost $14.99 a month or $99.99 a year. Subscribers will get access to EA's first run titles five days before the release date, as well as an extra content in-game currency, plus all the benefits of the basic Origin Access membership, which includes EA's 100 plus game library and 10% off uh, Origin digital purchases. Upcoming games that will debut on the premiere include Madden NFL 19 Hall of Fame Edition, FIFA 19 Ultimate Edition, Battlefield 5 Deluxe Edition, and Anthem Legion of Dawn Edition. So th- this this was, I believe, announced or teased at, at E3. So now, you know, we have more information that this is out. Um, they have a similar service on, well, not similar to this, but a service called EA Access that is on console, specifically the Xbox, where you get access to games early, but only as a trial. And so you get a weekend trial to see if you like it. And if you want to buy it, you get 10% off. And so this is a, a new thing, PC only. And I, I definitely see this subscription service is, I wouldn't say trying to go after the Xbox Game Pass, but Xbox has a, a service on console very similar to this. All of their first run titles that Xbox develops um, and a lot of 
older games. You get about a hundred of them uh, for ninety nine bucks a year or nine ninety nine a month. So that this this is a interesting market that we're in now of subscribing to games versus owning them. I'm of the the camp of yeah, I think subscription is great. I mean, think about four, fifteen bucks a month and you get access to a hundred games and and, and and a couple first run ones that you would have to pay sixty bucks each with. Now, as long as you play one a month, you, you to me you're breaking even. So I, I think uh, I think it's a good good service. Uh, I hope it extends to console at some point. Subscription services are the new hotness too. I mean, that is that yeah. is that is what every company is trying to get into. It's not just video. It's not just video games. Uh, you know, it's clothing and, and other stuff too. So it's no surprise that we're going to see a lot of these. I'm curious how many of them can succeed. Uh, I'm curious if if they will end up generally being. Uh, from the game companies themselves, like this EA one, although EA, I know, right. has some other game studios involved in EA Origin and, and Access and, and Access Premiere, right. but it's mostly EA stuff. That's the big yeah. stuff in there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a positive thing. I, I do worry about the oversubscription. Like, how many things are we going to end up subscribing yeah. to where we're not paying more than we want? We and and that'll, shake out the, that'll shake out the market. Not all of these things mm-hmm. are going to survive. Yep. Someone is sending CDs full of malware to U.S. state officials, everybody. (laughs) The Multistate Information Sharing and Analysis Center has issued a warning about the scam. The packages have a Chinese postmark with a somewhat rambling letter and a CD with a set of Word documents containing malicious visual basic scripts. State archives, state historical societies, and a State Department of Cultural Affairs official have all received letters. This is interesting. So they're banking on, uh, first of all, state governments in the U.S. Uh, not having upgraded to the hottest, latest laptops, which is probably true. So they'll have CD drives and then gambling that enough people who get these will be like, well, what's this? Let me stick it in my computer. Because to activate one of these malicious scripts, all you have to do is open the Word doc. Who who has CD drive? Every uh, person at the state historical. <laughs> I have I have one in my car still. I've got well, one, I do too. Yeah. I've got one in that machine over there, the Windows machine down there. Uh, I don't have one in any of the laptops that I use currently, except for the ThinkPad. I think my old ThinkPad, it's a couple of years old now, uh, has a tray. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's getting rarer, but it's not as rare as you think. Us here on the cutting you know, edge yeah, might be but, like, but, what? But, uh, but okay, so you, you work for the government in some capacity. Uh, you, you get a CD in the mail. There's a Chinese stamp on it. There's a letter that is, you know, rambling or whatever word you want to use. You know, the, these are the sorts of things where you're like, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but I'm not doing anything with it. But there are enough people, and this is, you know, the, the whole idea of, of, you know, social engineering, that, that they, they get fooled. Partly by curiosity, partly by confusion, I think. Yeah, and, no, and I, it's DVD I, drives, not CD drives. I did, uh, yeah, we know that we're we're using the terms loosely. I know somebody's going to call us on that, but uh, Amos in the chat room says uh, we have new computers at his job at the USAF. They all have DVD drives. Yeah, even when I go to, go to CES or those type of events where they give you like the little flash drive with more information, I'm, I I don't like putting those in my computers. No, you shouldn't. Trust yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> those can have viruses that auto activate too, without even the company who gave it to you knowing. Absolutely. Right? It could have happened yeah. somewhere up the up the chain from them. Um, so yeah. Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, by golly, I invite you to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines at dailytechheadlines.com. It'll save you time and make you smarter. Although, make me smart, entirely different thing from MarketWatch, which is great because it's got Mollywood and Kai Rizdal on it. All right. 
Twitter announced it will work with professors from Leiden University to study how echo chambers form on the platform. Uh, you know, where people just start to amplify each other. Like, I think this is true. Yeah, I think it's true. And then it just takes off from there. And something I have been pounding my fist about for a long time, what effect they have. We know echo chambers exist. So they're going to talk about, well, how do they form? So maybe we can stop them from forming or at least discourage them. And what effect do they have? Maybe they're not worth stopping. We don't. I mean, they probably are, but let's find out what effect they have so we can try to figure out how to better deal with things. Uh, um, among the things they're going to study will include the difference between incivility and intolerance. I found this very interesting. Mm-hmm. Past research, not the research they're about to conduct, but past research has shown that being uncivil can actually serve an important function. Like just shutting, making everyone say nice things is not good. You actually need incivility to advance discussions. It has its other negative side effects, but it can serve an important function while intolerance is almost always counterproductive. Uh, Twitter also announced it will work with professors from Oxford and Amsterdam to study intergroup conflict, showing that conversations with positive sentiments and cooperative emotions and more complex thinking can reduce prejudice and improve relationships, again, with the idea of how do we foster these things to make for a better experience. At the same time, a UK parliamentary committee put out a study about online disinformation calling for urgent action to build resilience against misinformation and disinformation into our democratic system. The report recommends everything everything you can come up with off the top of your head to combat disinformation and misinformation is in this report i'm not kidding you uh tax on social media uh public education both in schools and to and to the public in general uh changes to election law advertising law Another report covering the inquiry's wider terms of reference with a closer look at advertising is going to follow. So they're not done with throwing every recommendation against the wall. And here in the United States, Senator Mark Warner actually published a white paper on Axios with proposals for fighting political misinformation, same sort of thing, protecting user privacy and promoting competition. 20 options in uh, Senator Warner's white paper there. A a few fewer, actually, than the UK one, but still hefty with options. So I wanted to talk about this because... I don't know about you guys. You guys poke holes in my argument here, but I look at this and I think Twitter's doing the right thing in this case. Let's get people who actually study this sort of thing to ask the right questions so that we can then hopefully take what we learn and figure out how to make a better platform. Let's not just assume that, oh, if we shut everyone up from saying not bad things, that'll help. Apparently it won't. Uh, let's actually figure out what how this is all working. Let's start to study it closer. And in this case, what's happening is uh, the, these these researchers are continuing their research just with the aid of Twitter. Whereas the UK mm-hmm. and the US uh, thing, and particularly the UK one, is just like, we think this is a problem, so let's do this without really knowing whether it's going to help or not. Yeah. I, th- I think this is a, a, a tough thing because you have news, right? News that's supposed to give you facts. And then you have commentary, which are people's opinions. I mean, this is a, a commentary show. Uh, so, so a lot of times commentary is disguised as news and, you know, that causes the emotional reactions and that creates, a, you know, uh, feelings of, well, I just want to go, I want to go into my echo chamber where I get the news I, I want to get. Right. So I, I think, and I think there's nothing wrong with it. If you still somehow are exposed to what you need to know, like I, I, so I think this is good for Twitter. I, I look at something like I was just, just debating this yesterday. I was myself to talk to myself. Uh, <laughs> um, 
using the Google News app versus the Apple News app. And it's just, they're, they're pretty much the, the same. But what I like about both of them is that, yes, I could personalize the news the way I want, but uh, they also kind of make it where you kind of have to see the top five things that are happening no matter what. So, you know, I, I, I think those kind of things, and I'm not saying Google has it right. I'm not saying Apple has it exactly right. But those type of things start to break down uh, you know, these echo chambers or these fake news or whatever you want to call it. And, and, and it's something being done. So I, I think Twitter jumping in on this is important because they are the source of the immediate news. And it's very important they figure out how to how to disseminate that right. Or con- I don't even know controlling the dissemination is even the right word because there could be problems with that. Well, I mean, uh, at a certain point, you could just control the dissemination, right? It's It's trying to figure out, like, how do we have an open platform where people are allowed to just talk to each other that isn't open to obvious abuses. Yeah, absolutely. One of the um, one of Mark Warner's uh, uh, options that uh, he laid out, which is it's a fascinating read, um, and to me it seemed really well thought out and made a lot of good points. Was the idea of giving a user, you know, a Facebook user, a Twitter user, any you know social network user, some sort of a measurement of how valuable they are to data collection companies. So it's not about followers, right? Because we all think like, oh, the more followers, the better this mm-hmm. this experience is. But for a for-profit company that is harvesting your information, how valuable are you to the companies that this company works with and is their bread and butter? And are you okay with that? So a plot um, score for information well i I mean i I don't exactly know how it would be you know generated and then and then uh recorded and 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 uh offered up to the users but the idea that there are a lot of folks on social media who have kind of bought into this whole idea of oh just information and and you know friends and you know we're all communicating together and you've seen those facebook commercials you know they're very very syrupy but but and that's fine. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first company, first companies to do that. Twitter going on record and saying, hey, we need to figure out some stuff about the echo chamber. The echo chamber, you know, in real life, we're all very familiar with the fact that people tend to hang out with other people that share their beliefs and their likes. And that's yep. kind of the way it's always been for better and worse. But when you have a platform that offers much more information at a much higher speed in real time and is kind of changing the whole landscape, you can't just say, well, you know, that's how people are because it has changed behaviors of of, of humans all you know, across the world. I do think we overreact to that, though. I, I think Brexit and the 2016 presidential election caused enough people on particular sides of both those issues to be upset to start blaming what was truly an effect, I'm not denying that it was effect, for the outcome in such a way that they say something must be done now without giving us the time to figure out, well, hold on, how much did it have an effect? What effect did it, in fact, have? And how do we make sure that that effect is mitigated against any kind of outcome, not just the one that you didn't like? Uh, And that's why this UK report where it's like, well, let's ban micro-targeted political advertisements. Let's put uh, the tech companies on the hook for liability. That's a popular thing to say right now. Like, make them be on the hook. May or may not fix any of the problems. It may just allow other avenues to open up, and, and it, may, it may not actually go after the thing that causes it. Uh, yeah, the thing, the, the, there's two things in both of these studies, Senator Warner's and the UK's, that I, I think are similar 
and one of them's dangerous and one of them isn't. Both of them want to modify laws, in the U.S. case, modify the, the CDA, Section 230, to make tech companies more liable for the speech of people on their platforms. I think that is likely to have unintended consequences that they don't want. Uh, yes. But they think it's a short-term fix. The other thing that I think is great that both of them recommend is let's spend some money on educating public about how this works. I am all for that. Let's also figure out how it works. But there are some things we know that are best practices that we can start to tell people about. Like, hey, you, this might be a bot. You know, don't necessarily engage. Don't believe everything you read, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. You said it in your second point. Education will, will ultimately solve this, but we need to find out how, what <laughs> what the exact problem is and and get people to 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 allow themselves to be educated. And it, everybody won't won't buy into it, but I, I think I think we're we're at a point now where in society where you know if things are explained to us in a rational way, I I, I think the majority of us will. will the majority we'll will. That's another thing yeah. to educate the public about. Everybody thinks, yeah. oh, uh, everyone but me is stupid and irrational and nothing will work. <laughs> Most yeah. of us are actually pretty rational and, you know. We're pretty, we're pretty good people. We ain't dumb. Yeah. Most of us, anyway. Most, exactly. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, the, the whole idea of education is like, okay, well, when does that happen and where? Does it happen in school? Is there, you know, a new class that kids need to go to? Yeah, like, you know, is it the, an element of the classroom? I, I think a public, public, public information campaigns would be good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the UK lists out, you know, some plans for, okay, certain companies are going to have to pay into some, you know, public fund where we're going to further education. That's a good idea. Sounds good in theory to me too, but how is it going to be rolled out? That's that's the next question. Mm-hmm. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You submit stories like this and others, and we love you for it. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you want to hang out with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. All right. We get the emails and we love them. What do we got today? Oh, man, we got a good one. Uh, Hutch wrote in with some clarification about how law enforcement uses facial recognition versus what the public thinks. And this is kind of piggybacking on our discussion last week about the ACLU running a test that incorrectly identified uh, members of the U.S. Congress as uh, you know, people connected to mugshots. And it was it was incorrect. So uh, Hutch says, as a law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement analysts, I've uh, relied multiple times on facial recognition matches as investigative leads. But keep in mind, they're leads. They're not evidence. They're not proof. And they're never 100%. Facial recognition is just s- simply facial math. The technology we use can't take into account skin color or tones or gender or even hiccups like if somebody's wearing glasses versus another picture where that person is not. The subject images don't have to be used to completely be front-facing, but there are also limits to the angles off-center that the technology cannot handle. While the operator can manually adjust points of interest on the nose or ears or forehead, etc., found in the subject image, it won't guarantee a perfect match. As a matter of fact, says Hutch, I've had an image of a white female produce a match to an African-American male because the math was close enough, according to the software. Hutch says, we have an in-house expert. He was trained in the FBI. He couldn't do matching of the subject to photos of, of booking photos. But the computer is not going to testify. A computer can't be used as evidence. Use of facial recognition is really no different than getting an anonymous tip. It can point you in a certain direction. It can help you eliminate some false leads, but it still requires evidence gathering prior to arrest and prosecution. Thank you, Hutch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was very Seriously. thorough. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, and the TLDR is uh, 
if you're using facial recognition right, it's only one of many things you're using to go after a prosecution. And the fear is like, they're going to have a match to me and it's going to be a false positive, but then they're going to arrest me and throw me in jail. And what Hutch is saying is maybe that can happen, but not if they're doing the job right. Exactly. And just just um, just a note about the story, because, uh, again, Hutch was responding to our ACLU test story. Amazon responded to that ACLU test showing its recognition software wrongly identifying those members of Congress. Uh, uh, Amazon's general manager for deep learning and artificial intelligence, Matt Wood, said the ACLU used the default setting, which is 80 percent confidence level. But Amazon says, hey, if you're law enforcement, you got to bump that up to 99 percent or you're going to get a lot of false positives. Uh, in fact, the company says it tried to duplicate that test that the ACLU conducted involving the same portraits. But Amazon used a larger data set of faces for comparison and said, when we set the confidence threshold to 99 percent, and had a bigger pool, our misidentification rate dropped to zero, despite the fact that we're comparing against a larger pool overall. So it bears out what Hutch says. Uh, Use it as a particular tool and use it right. Yes. 99%. Uh, Trust me, I'm not saying they all do, but that's what you should be holding their feet to the fire about. Absolutely. Well, thanks to Lamar Wilson for being with us this fine Monday. Lamar, what has been going on with you since you were last with us? Well, the audio people can't see this, but I'm holding a uh, Funko Pop. Uh, I, I just completed Funko Weekend. Uh, not not sponsored on my channel. I just I wanted just to get back into collecting these these little adorable things. Uh, and I normally do gaming stuff, but but these are just adorable. Look at it; it's just so cute. So uh, yeah, cute. I, I did a yeah I did a weekend where I did Marvel in DC. Actually, uh, unboxed and taste tested the Funko cereal that just got released. So if you're into collecting, uh, check that out. Uh, I did a series this weekend. Today's the final uh, video on that series, and yeah, that's at uh, YouTube.com/slash Lamar Wilson. Uh, would be appreciated if you check it out. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon directly uh, and gets all the perks that go along with membership at patreon.com slash DTNS. You could be one of them right now if you're not already. Uh, And also check out our DTNS store. Uh, If you want to show support, spread the word about Daily Tech News Show, you can wear a hat or a hoodie or a shirt. Uh, we got some nice looking shirts in there. New DTNS mugs with a green interior available now at dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. Hey, if you've got feedback for us like Hutch or a question or any sort of comment at all, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is the email address to send it to. We're also live and we'd love to have you join us Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Brian Brushwood. Talk to you then. part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.